0: Hello and welcome to Bike Tales, which this season is recorded in Chichester on England's south coast. In this episode, I'm venturing into slightly new territory. Traditionally on this podcast, I've always talked to recreational cyclists, people who use bikes for commuting, shopping or carrying out daily errands. But on the flat roads and winding country lanes of West Sussex, we have a lot of road cyclists too. And so when I heard that a local school mum was taking on an extraordinary sporting challenge on a road bike, I wanted to talk to her about her experience of cycling locally and to find out more about the race she's taking part in this summer. If you subscribe to the theory of nominative determinism, the belief that you are psychologically predisposed to follow careers or interests that reflect your name, then today's interviewee, Ruth Speed, was possibly destined to race. But she didn't get to where she is now via the smoothest of routes. To begin with, her mum actually tried to start her out horse riding.
1: My mum was going to buy me a horse and... I actually went on this horse one day and it was like a a comedy sketch. Literally, this horse stopped in front of this big pile of stinging nettles, threw me right over the top. And at that point said, I don't think we'll be buying this horse today. I got back on the horse and it seemed very, very calm for the rest of the time. But the next day she literally
0: went out and bought me a bike. Like many people after childhood, Ruth didn't cycle that much until she moved to Europe a few years ago.
1: Didn't really ride bikes at all until I moved to Milan, got myself a bike with a basket on the front because, you know, you do that when you're in Italy, don't you? It's all style over safety. So you go to Milan and you won't see anyone riding with a cycle helmet unless they're a delivery driver. But no, it's all about glamour and being on a bike. And I think cycled around for all of about a week and then my bike was stolen
0: Things were not looking good for Ruth and Bicycles, but as you will discover later in this episode, she's not the type to give up easily. When she returned to the UK with her husband, she bought another bike. I think I bought another bike and it was some really, really
1: heavy bike, not carbon fibre now like these days, and it just got shoved in the garage and I hadn't really cycled until
0: this year. While that heavy bike was sitting unloved in Ruth's garage, her life changed in ways that she couldn't have foreseen. Last year, my
1: husband, well, obviously now my ex-husband, passed away, and it's been a pretty difficult year. It was a massive shock to myself and the children, but it really does clarify a lot of things and it makes you not want to wait to do stuff. You can go one way or the other. Maybe just you end up finding something negative. Me, I've always turned to fitness and exercise to give me my positive energy, make me feel good about myself.
0: As you may have picked up, cycling hasn't been Ruth's natural sport. Running was actually more her thing. But for some reason, when she was looking for a challenge running wasn't the thing that was calling to her. I've always run. I've enjoyed running. But I
1: would go out sort of half an hour, 40 minutes at a time, and I'd never do more than 10k. And people used to say to me, oh, why don't you do like the marathon, the London marathon? And it never really excited me. It never gave me, oh, yeah, wow, that would be amazing. That would be really something. I just kind of thought, well, it's loads of people run the London marathon.
0: and And I just,
1: I don't know, I couldn't imagine myself Running for 20
0: miles, it just seemed hideous. But inspiration was around the corner for Ruth. She has a new partner now, and he's been cycling seriously since he was 14. Last summer, he took on a cycling challenge he'd done several times before. La Tap de Tour de France is a gruelling race for amateur cyclists that takes place over one stage of the Tour de France, generally the most difficult one. I saw him do the Etape. And
1: I just thought, this is amazing. Typically, it's the hardest stage, which is interesting. But if you think 15,000 people last year entered, and um, 94% were men, 6% were women, that's probably what spurred me on a bit because I thought 6%, 6% in 15,000 people were women. This is a worthy challenge. This is something that will really lift me up and I think maybe will distract me in a good way. It just seems so exciting. Go to France,
0: cycle up some mountains, try not to die. (laughs) Spurred on by her other harsh performance, Ruth signed up for the 2023 race. But I was interested to know how her partner felt about this new cyclist endeavouring to become part of that 6%
1: he was very positive in the beginning. And then
0: I don't think I was going out
1: and I was training as much. And he sort of, he seemed a bit, you know, a bit sort of, hmm, I thought he was being negative about it. And so I confronted him and I said, you don't think I can do this, do you? Very tactfully, he said, I think you're taking on quite a challenge. And I just want you to be aware of what you're in for. So, yes, he handled that very diplomatically. It sort of fuelled me up a little bit, really. It made me think, well, you know, I'm going to do it. Which, as time has gone on, I've become sort of more aware of my own obstacles and challenges I've got to get over, because there are many. And it isn't just about fitness. Fitness is actually a small part of
0: it. I admire Ruth's courage and her resilience, And I was really keen to know how the landscape around Chichester had fitted into her ambitious training schedule. I wanted to know what route she'd ridden, the villages she'd found and the views she'd seen. So I asked where she'd been training and I didn't quite get the answer I had expected. I've been training in
1: Portsmouth. I've also got a kicker, which is basically a station bike at home. It syncs up with my phone so I can do what's called an interval session. And these interval sessions will change the resistance on my bike at home. So it will simulate riding at you know different uh, resistance so that I can understand, okay, I'm going to be riding at this gradient for X amount of minutes. and These interval sessions can be
0: one hour, can be two hours. It's both extraordinary, but also not that surprising that Ruth's training has so far mostly consisted of rides indoors and outside the county boundaries.
1: It has worried me cycling in traffic, especially when I'm clipped in. I hadn't ridden with clipless pedals, so to clip into the bike which was terrifying the first time I did it. And I did fall off a couple of times. I literally cycled around the Emsworth Recreation Park a few times just because I knew if I fell over, I was going to fall on grass instead of fall on a car. But equally, I've been cycling around all the country roads and you get massive farm vehicles flying past you. And it's quite terrifying, actually. I'm based around Funtington, West Ashling Way. I'm probably about seven miles outside of Chichester. I often think, actually, I have cycled into Chichester because, you know, seven or eight miles is not really that far. But that road is very, very busy
0: going in and not brilliant for cyclists. Time and again, research shows us that women want to cycle more but are held back by poor infrastructure the very section of society that stands to benefit most from increased transport choices isn't being given the option. And yes, it's generally men who are making the choices about how the transport budget is spent. It's easy to see why there's such a huge gap in numbers between women and men entering the atap As Ruth said, fitness itself is only part of it.
1: I think if there was a very clear division between you know, cars, big vehicles and bikes, then yes, definitely. I think if there was less traffic in cities, I'm sure you'd see a lot more people cycling around cities, definitely. But I think the problem now we've got with the cycle lanes is that there aren't enough of them. They stop and start. So you'll be cycling along one and then it just disappears. You've got a lot of big vehicles going into Jitsida and school runs. If it was made easier for cyclists, then yeah, I would probably cycle in more.
0: There's another thing that holds women back from entering bike races or indeed doing anything that society considers dangerous. And as a widow, this has been amplified for Ruth. I've had a bit of negativity about
1: it from the odd person who thinks I'm being irresponsible for going over to France and leaving the children for the weekend to go and cycle up mountains you know what if something happens to me what if I die it's a bit extreme I realize but I think as a single parent people have different reactions don't they about things that people do when you're a couple you know when there's the husband there that can stay back, look after the children. If one parent dies, then
0: there's always another parent to look after your kids. Ruth has ignored the naysayers. She's ignored the unfavourable statistics and the hostile roads around Chichester, and she's faced her fears repeatedly. As I record this episode, she's just returned from a training trip to the Alps and successfully ascended and descended two mountains in two days. Next month she will be at the start line of this incredible 100-mile race. Ruth and I are in many ways very different kinds of cyclists, but in other ways, all of us cyclists are very much the same. It
1: puts such a smile on my face being out on the road, on that bike. It's the one thing this year, well, a few things, but one of the hobbies that I've been doing that's just made me happy, so happy.
0: Next time on Bike Tales, I go full circle as I find a Brit who has just returned from Canada looking for a place to live with cycling potential.
1: We've been driving around literally for getting on for a year now. Deal breaker for me is you have got to be able to ride. So we came to Chichester. We've never been there before. And I was like, this is brilliant. And it's pretty flat. And you can it's all of little laneways. It's great fun. It's beautiful. And... Wow, we really like it here, so we just like it's a gut instinct.
0: Bike Tales is written, produced and presented by me, Claire Mansell, at Storysolutions.net. If you would like to know more about the podcast or listen to the first season which was recorded in Canada's capital city, head to Storysolutions.net slash And for links and a map that shows the locations we mention in Chichester, check out the show notes.